The Planet Football Podcast is brought to you by the SeatGeek app, the smartest way to buy and sell tickets for your favorite events. Download the SeatGeek app and enter our code PLANET for $20 off your first purchase. We're also sponsored by FanDuel, the leader in daily fantasy sports with more winners and more payouts than any other site. Enter promo code PLANET at FanDuel.com to enter a risk-free tournament for up to $10. like there's a sense of uh, completion and, and closure to having won the World Cup. And and otherwise, I wouldn't have been here. You know, I wouldn't have stayed on for these last couple of years if I didn't feel like that was the one thing that was missing. For her to wave goodbye in a, in a soccer stadium on a grass field on a sunny day, you know, that, that would be more fitting than in a two-thirds empty dome on, on cement. Um, but, uh, you know, such is the victory tour, I guess. Welcome to SI's Planet Football Podcast, where each week we discuss the latest in the world of soccer. I am SI.com soccer editor, Avi Creditor, joined today by SI senior writer Grant Wall and SI.com's Brian Strauss. Guys, uh, we are taping this ahead of a pretty important day in U.S. soccer. Abby Wambach's finale as a player uh, comes Wednesday night in New Orleans against China at the Superdome. 8 o'clock Eastern on Fox Sports 1. Um, we teased an interview, Grant, that you had with her uh, last week. We are going to play the entire interview uh, a little bit. But first, I want to welcome you guys in and uh, and talk a little about Abby and, and our experiences with her. Um, and then and then we'll get to, to the real good stuff. So, Grant, let's let's start with you. Granted that you uh, talked to her. Um, just, just what are your thoughts as her career comes to an end? Well, it's the end of an era, you know, and we have been fortunate to have a couple of cool moments like this over the last decade or so. Uh, I think back to 2004, around this time of year, when Mia Hamm and Julie Foudy and um, Joy Fawcett retired uh, from the U.S. women's national team, having won the Olympic gold medal that year, and um, uh, just uh, the end of some amazing pioneering careers with that. Um, And I thought at the time that that was a little undercovered and it's a little kind of weird because these games aren't don't have anything at stake. It's December. Uh, and yet I think the sport has advanced since then to the point where this Abby Wambach retirement is getting quite a bit of buzz this week, as it should. And Fox is doing a whole uh, pregame show of, of an hour looking at Abby Wambach's career. Um, yes, I work for Fox, but I think they're doing a good job with it. Uh, and... Uh, in commemorating this moment. Um, and, you know, Abby Wambach, it's just been fascinating covering her over the years. And I think this interview that you're about to hear, I always learn new things from her uh, every time I, I speak to her and, and just think she's a, an interesting person because you never know exactly what may come out of her mouth, but it's going to be compelling and it's going to be a real conversation. And so I was glad that she was willing to to do a, a 30 minute interview at a very busy time for her, obviously, and talk about some of the things that she's excited about moving forward. And it's very clear as you listen to this, how she's really pumped about her post playing career and the next steps and very uh, consumed almost by uh, the nature of equality and fighting for it. And she says some things in this interview I'm not going to spoil it entirely, but that she wishes she would have fought more for equality during her career. And that's interesting to me. Um, 
there's just a lot going on there. I don't think Abby Wambach's going to disappear at all from the landscape, and we're going to be hearing a lot from her moving forward. Well, for sure, and I, I believe she's signed on to, to write a book, uh, memoirs yeah. that, uh, that'll be coming out, and I'm sure that'll be a, a must-read. Um, Brian, I, I know it, we talked about this in a past podcast. She beat you up once. <laughs> Um, but we, uh, you covered her, her career uh, early on in, in the D.C. area and obviously uh, over the years um, with, with the national team. What, what are your thoughts as, as her final 90 minutes approaches? It's weird that they're going to be at the Superdome, don't you think? I mean, that's not yeah. – yeah. you, you would almost I, – I would, I would like to picture her sort of waving goodbye in a – you know, she, she helped build the sport in this country and, and it would be, seems to me, more fitting – uh, for her to wave goodbye in a, in a soccer stadium on a grass field on a sunny day, you know, that, that would be more fitting than in a, in a two thirds empty dome on, on cement. Um, but, uh, you know, such is the victory tour, I guess. Um, I guess, I guess the thing that comes to mind is I remember when I started covering, uh, Abby and women's soccer, when I was at the Washington post, uh, they spoke, they talked differently. Um, Anson Dorrance, April Heinrichs, uh, you know, the 91ers, uh, you know, the, the architects of this program. And one of the words they always used was personality. And they would call players personalities. This was the way Dorrance and Heinrichs and that group of people talked about teams having personalities and, 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 and you know, games being won by personalities. This was always a word they used. And I had never heard that playing and coaching men's soccer and and covering men's soccer. And it was just sort of a, a different way of, of looking at the sport and looking at the way teams were constructed and all that sort of thing. And, and as, and as Dorrance and Heinrichs and, 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 and that group of players sort of fade away, I, I wonder if Abby is going to be the last of the personalities a, a player who is so charismatic and so dominant, whose, whose will and physicality changes the approach that the team takes uh, almost dictates tactics, um, the, the, the way the team is shaped, the way the team governs itself inside the locker room. Um, I don't know if, if this newer generation of players uh, has anyone that forceful. And so as Abby says goodbye, I, I, I guess it leaves me wondering whether she's, she's the last of the personalities and we really are entering a new era uh, with the U.S. women. That's a really interesting point. Um, I mean, she's always... Look, I'm I'm younger than you guys, but I've got the opportunity to to cover her as well. And and what I was always taken aback with was the fact that it didn't matter to her really who she was talking to to a degree. I mean, I'm sure you know you build a rapport with with certain athletes, certain reporters, then obviously the depth of the conversation is better. But uh, but she very forthcoming, uh, you know, regardless, and and just very happy to talk, very happy to uh, to advocate for for what she believes in and for what. You know their their quest is on whether it's the Olympics, the the World Cup, or you know fighting against these turf fields, whatever. Um, just a very fascinating athlete to cover, and and as reporters, I think that's you know a lot a lot of times all we can ask for. Um, so it's you know it's definitely an, an end of an era for her. Uh, should be a good send off, an interesting one um, indeed. And look, she's got what one hundred eighty four goals, I think. There are going to be a lot of passes her direction. Uh, I think you've seen in the last these last few games too when she comes on as a substitute, uh, the ball tries to find its way toward her, um, and and I think we're going to try and see her uh, go out with uh, with 185 or, or perhaps maybe more. Um, before we get to that interview, just want to touch on on one final thing, and that's 
SI Sports Person of the Year, which uh, which has been renamed after Serena Williams won. Uh, Carly Lloyd was was one of our um, nominees, finalists, however you want to spin it. Uh, the U.S. Women's National Team as a whole, they won it in 1999 uh, as a team. Grant, uh, look, the, the case for Carly is clear. We, we know it uh, regardless of the fact that she is or is not Sports Person of the Year. Pretty, pretty amazing 2015. Well, you look at how many amazing sports performances there were all told in, in all sports in 2015. And I would think that Carly Lloyd or the U.S. women would have won Sports Person of the Year most years based on what they did. She mm-hmm. had a hat trick in the World Cup final. Um, and look, as a soccer person, I'm a little bummed out that she didn't win and the, or the U.S. women didn't win because I think they had a great case. But... Uh, you know, I'm certainly not angry like horse Twitter uh, was uh, about the Triple Crown winner not winning um, and was pleasantly surprised, actually, that soccer Twitter uh, was pretty classy. Uh, Carly Lloyd was very classy, by the way, sending out a congratulatory tweet. But you could have given it to Carly Lloyd. You could have given it to Abby Wambach. You could have given it to the U.S. women's national team. If we did it globally, you might give it to Lionel Messi. Um, so a great year for soccer. And you look at uh, how this U.S. women's team won uh, the World Cup where they played their best in the toughest games at the most important games at the end. You know, look, congratulations to Serena Williams. If you're going to make the argument, as I would make, uh, the U.S. women and Carly Lloyd, they won their biggest game of the year. Uh, But... Ah, a little tough there. Uh, I'm going to the dinner tonight. Serena Williams, don't kill me, please. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's a cool choice. I love the cover still. And, and um, you know, U.S. women got plenty of accolades. And I love the fact that Sports Illustrated did 25 different covers uh, with each player uh, from the national team, the, the World Cup winning team on the cover. Uh, so I, I feel good about our coverage this year, and I'm, I'm glad that they're still part of the conversation now in December as we look back uh, at this pretty remarkable year in sports. Absolutely. Uh, one of the best parts of that cover shoot were, were the outtakes, and you got yes. some some great shots of, of players with the World Cup trophy. One of my favorites uh, is Abby Wombat looking down at the trophy, just, I mean, it, it put a cap on her career. It was the one thing she hadn't checked off on the resume. She did it. She won it. Uh, when we come back from a quick break, we will play that full interview for you, her last interview with SI as a player. MLS is done for the year, but the NBA is heating up early and the Christmas slate is right around the corner. SeatGeek is the best way to find your great deal into these games and many more. And when you use our code PLANET, you get $20 back via check or PayPal. On SeatGeek, you can also sell your extra tickets to other fans. SeatGeek pulls all the ticket buying and selling options from other ticket sites into one place to save you time. They also know the fair market value of every ticket. SeatGeek uses that information to show you the best deals and find the underpriced seats in the venue. Also, if you have tickets you can't use, SeatGeek will help you quickly sell them to another fan. Hate those sneaky fees at the end? SeatGeek has the lowest fees of any other ticket site out there and always shows you the full price up front. So, to redeem your promo code and get your $20 rebate via check or PayPal, download the free SeatGeek app today, enter promo code PLANET in the app, and SeatGeek will then send you $20 once you've made your first SeatGeek purchase. For the NBA, the NFL, or the best concerts, use the SeatGeek app 
And don't forget to enter our code PLANET for $20 back. We have a special guest on the SI Soccer Podcast today. She is the all-time leading goal scorer in the history of international soccer. She has won one World Cup and two Olympic gold medals. She's retiring after playing her final game for the U.S. next Wednesday in New Orleans. She's Abby Wambach. Thanks for joining me, Abby. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Grant. It's so nice to have the time and the ability to talk to you on a podcast. Awesome. Great to have you here. Uh, Obviously, congratulations on a remarkable career. I I wanted to start by asking about something I noticed when I came to your house in Portland for an interview in March. Uh, It's a beautiful place. Good job. Uh, And you showed me around and there was nothing about it being dirty. (laughs) I didn't say it. You said it. (laughs) But you showed me around and there was nothing soccer related on the walls except for the bar in the back corner where I was kind of like, oh, here's the World Player of the Year award. (laughs) Uh, I'm wondering, what does that say about how you view soccer in your life that it's not on the, the walls of your place? I don't know. I guess I guess it's kind of ironic because I I never really wanted to define myself only by being a soccer player. I always wanted to have other things that I liked and I don't know, I always thought it was pretentious of people to like have like their awards and stuff and like their jerseys and stuff and that's fine. It just wasn't for me, you know. It's fine if you do that, but that's just not who I am. Um and I think you know the bar where where I have some of those awards up in my my house they're kind of discreetly placed also like you know you could you could kind of miss miss them if you weren't really looking um I don't know I just I kind of think maybe after I retire I will uh you know maybe need to to make those put maybe put those out and 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 model those in different places of the house um <laughs> maybe make myself feel a little bit better. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's just not who I am. I just am not that kind of person. Um, Cause I, I do, I do want to be more than just a soccer player. And ironically um, over the last few weeks from announcing my retirement, um, I realized how much I did identify as a soccer player, like internally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so kind of shedding that skin over the last couple of weeks and, and now now that we're a week away from it really being over, um, it's been really fascinating to see my 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 blinders and my focus um kind of widen and my aperture is a little bit more open right now to all things and um man, there's a lot of life that I haven't really been able to to live in some ways because I've had this narrow and laser like focus on just this one goal in this one thing. Um, and so I'm really excited. It's going to be an amazing uh, chapter, you know, my next chapter, whatever it may be. This is your last game coming up. What is going on your he- in your head right now as you experience this, all the emotions? Um, I don't know. I think, I think that I'm going to be going through a lot the day of the game. Obviously, um, you know, there's going to be a little bit of bittersweetness to it, right? I'm, I'm going to be me sad because I, I'm, I really truly will miss so many things about this. Um, yeah, the, the, the team and the, 
the the connectedness that you can feel with with some of your teammates and the friendships and the funny laughing, you know, the, the moments where you're laughing so hard that you can barely breathe, like those all have have, have kind of created my my personality and my character, you know, over the last 30 years since playing this game. So, um, you know, I know I'm going to be fine. It's just I'm going to miss certain things about it. Um, and then on the other hand. Uh, it's going to be the best night of my life because I know that I've given everything that I possibly could to this game, and I know that um, I will have be leaving. I'll be leaving it better than I found it, and and not many people can say that and also be able to do it on their own terms with having just won a World Cup. And for for that, I think um, I, I'm I'm going to forever thank myself um, because it could have very well, I very easily could have said, you know. It's only nine more months. I could keep playing. It's it's another Olympic gold medal. Like, you know, I could have I could have put my ego first. But I think as an athlete, you have to know and and be most critical of your own self. And and you know, I know that I've been struggling the last couple of years to quote unquote perform like I used to perform. But the reality is, is just your body gets older and your passions kind of change and your focus is. Um, change and when you've done something for so long, uh, you 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 itch a little bit to do maybe other things that you're you're looking forward to doing and and I think that that's kind of where I got to. So I'm excited. I think I think next week is going to be an awesome day and um, I'm excited to spend it with my friends and family. That's for sure. In my mind, you're the link between today's U.S. Women's National Team and the team of Mia Hamm and Julie Foudy and Christine Lilly. What parts of the team's culture that go back to those days do you hope to continue in the future? Um, I think that the standard uh, is the the defining common denominator between every team I've ever played on. Uh, the standard mm-hmm. and the 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 quality in which we want to perform, not just on, on game days, but also in practice. Um, mm-hmm. And I was actually talking about it with other people the other day, other my, some of my teammates. I was like, well, you know, there's like this like undertone social peer pressure that goes on here. And they're like, really? They're like, how do you think so? And I'm like, I mean, everybody's watching everybody do everything every second, every minute, whether you realize you're doing it or not. Like, and it's not a judgment. It's not like you're judging that person, but you're observing what everybody else is doing so that you can you can stay on on board, you know, that you that mm-hmm. that okay, so and so is eating this, like and they've been consistently eating really, really healthy for six months now and I've seen a really big change in the way that they've been playing and, and I'll actually just, just completely say that about Carly when she completely took a turn and, and focused all of her attention on her nutrition, taking care of her body and her fitness. Literally it was like over almost overnight that Carly just started playing like this this player who I had never seen before. And 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 so there's all these little things that um that are really interesting and I think that that social undertone, not many people realize it's happening, peer pressure, um things that, that I think that that's pretty, pretty funny. <laughs> um, you obviously won your first world cup this year, as many, many millions of Americans know. Um, you had said your career would not be complete without a world cup. Does it feel complete now? Yeah, I 
feel like there's a sense of uh, completion and, and closure to having won the World Cup, you know, and 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 otherwise I wouldn't have been here, you know, I wouldn't have stayed on for these last couple of years um, if if I didn't feel like that was the one thing that was missing. Um, and I think that the situation, uh, which which is pretty cool, especially now all the reflection I'm doing about my career, I think that just the irony is um, the role that I, I took on during this World Cup was was much less than it had been in, in previous championships, which is which is now um, looking back on it almost symbolic, you know, mm-hmm. um, sticking around for a couple of years kind of grueling through some pain and, and um, you know, maybe some some other stuff that uh, that was going on, um, passion and confidence and not playing well and all of that stuff. Um, I don't know. It was almost appropriate that, that my role was diminished on some level um, playing time-wise because uh, – and, 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 and going on and still winning and, and – and I don't know, it's symbolic that, you know, it, this is time. This is time, and then it's okay that I, I, I can walk away now. Where do you want women's soccer and, and even women in soccer to go from here in the coming years? I think women's soccer and women in soccer um, is a huge thing. And, and, and for me, it's not just about soccer. Um, I think that women in every industry, um, not just athletics, women in business, uh, women in politics, um, in every sector, in every industry, in every city, in every country, women uh, deserve equal opportunity. And by the way, so do um, people of all color, so do people of all orientation. Um, There needs to be a huge consciousness shift in our world of equality. And that is something that I want to be a a voice for. And I think that the craziest thing about equality, which people don't really get and really even consider, uh, especially the people who are in the majority for the most part, is that equality in fact is something that is free and accessible to everyone. Mm -hmm. It doesn't cost a single dime to make somebody feel equal. Think about that. Mm-hmm. That was one of the that was one of the most fascinating things I had ever heard, and and I and I and I've been obsessed with it ever since. And I can't believe that people can't agree to disagree. You know, I can't believe that we can't just have a conversation about stuff. And not try to sway each other's minds about certain things or whatnot, but and some on some on on some points, just be like, okay, well that's cool. I think that that's cool for you. I disagree, but that's I'm I'm glad that that you you believe in that, you know, and mm-hmm. and we get so stuck and caught up in all of these boxes that we want to put ourselves in or labels that we want to put on each other and. I just think enough is enough, and and um, you know I want I want women's soccer, of course, to continue to grow and be bigger and be more popular and be more equal to um, not just in pay, but the 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 viewership, the the 
corporate sponsorship and whatever it is. You know, I want mm-hmm. soccer to, to to be as respected um, in the United States and, and and abroad as as the men's soccer is. But the reality for me too is that it's not just in in sports. I want it to be across all sectors. Okay. Um, it was just announced this week that your memoir, a book called Forward, is going to be coming out. Um, having written a book, it's not easy. It takes a while. Uh, what's this process going to be like? And who are you working with on it? What are you thinking about it? Yeah, I'm. I am. I'm a crazy. Um, so my my agent actually laughed at me the other day. He's like, okay, well. Now that you're starting to talk to some of these like big business people, you need to start capitalizing the letter of every first sentence and, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> giving me some hints. But I'm working with Har- I'm working with Harper Collins, and I'm really excited because um, it's not going to be, uh, you know, here's how to play soccer book by Abby Wambach, right? It's going to be a right, little right. bit more in depth and open up to parts of me that maybe I haven't really shared. Um, uh, and, and, and to be fair, um, I, I find myself to be fairly open in terms of how much I, I, I give myself to whether it be media or my fans. I'm, I'm pretty open and honest and I would answer almost any mm-hmm. question if asked. Um, but the reality is, is that there's some deep stuff that, that goes down, um, on, on the insides of this, this crazy person here that, um, that, and that's a joke that, <laughs> that I think people can probably relate to on some level. And, um, some of the stuff that I, that, that I have and some of the things that I've experienced, I think can, um, maybe motivate and move people. And of course, I'm going to talk about hopefully my next chapter and how this all kind of went down and been keeping a diary and um you know i don't find myself to be that interesting but i guess you know what harper collins said is usually most people that say that are the more interesting people on the planet so we'll see you guys can find out for yourself when it when it gets published (laughs) moving on here just looking i mean this this is the question that i'm sure you're getting from so many people right now which is What's next for you? What's next for you in soccer? What's next for you personally? Uh, are you potentially into coaching or media? Uh, Soccer-wise, do you know what might come next? Um, um, like I said a little bit earlier, you know, I'm keeping I'm keeping my aperture wide open, and I'm just just mm-hmm. listening and hearing people's ideas and um, getting a lot of people's opinions and. Uh, getting a lot of offers and, um, mm-hmm. you know, not saying yes to, to every first big offer that comes in, but I want to be really mindful of how I um, kind of progress at this point. Um, I want, and and I, I want to be passionate about what I do next. And mm-hmm. since I've retired, I've kind of really felt the inequalities that I allowed happen to me throughout my career. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you're in it, it's harder to see and feel the disparity. And there's a lot of fear that, that goes on. And that's probably the reasons why you can't really see it so clearly. And I think stepping away and getting a little bit more perspective mm-hmm. has allowed me to, um, has allowed me to see a little bit more clearly of, 
what really uh, needs to happen, you know. And and so, to be quite honest, I've been I've been getting a little bit, you know, mad at myself um, for not fighting more while I was in it. And um, I've kind of promised myself that I would I would do whatever I can at this point now to make sure that that next generation of studs that that hangs their cleats up is going to feel differently uh, about their retirement than, than I do. And I want them to have more choices and more options than I do. Um, you know, cause when I look across the aisle, uh, I'm pretty sure that, that Landon Donovan isn't stressing or worrying about uh, his financial um, position. And, and for me, and not to sound um, crazy or, 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 egocentric but to have like the resume that I have and because I'm a female uh changes completely the landscape of the opportunities and and things that I will will be able to do when I'm done playing and and I think um quite frankly I'm going to make it my mission and I'm going to change the world so that no no woman uh who has done the things that I've been able to do over the course of the career I've had um, we'll have to make the same decisions. Uh, somebody has to, to, to make equality real and happen. And I know it's a huge undertaking. And I know saying the words changing the world is such an arbitrary thing. And, and how are you going to do that? You know, like I know all these other questions will come, but mm-hmm. I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to get people, I'm going to talk to people, and I'm going to figure out a way to make sure that the next person that's in my position doesn't feel how I feel. And I think that that's kind of, it's like, it's kind of the way I have always lived my life, trying to make my position when I start to where I end, I want it to be better. And when I'm done and, um, and I think that it's kind of interesting that I want to take this on like at this point, um, you know, but, I'm passionate enough, you know. I'm I'm mad enough. I'm disappointed enough that things are the way that they are, and I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that it, it's no longer this way for that for the next generation of studs. I guess I'd be curious to know what specific things during your career do you wish now that that you had fought more. Well, I think that I think that when you talk about I think when you're in it and you uh, you're being treated in a way that you think is fair, you know, because I think when you look when we look across the the, the globe and see other teams and the way that they're treating, it's like, oh well, we're lucky, you know, we're really lucky mm-hmm. that we shouldn't ever complain about what we get because we are the we get the best, right? We get the most. We don't, we're one of the we're the, one of the most paid teams uh, in in the world. Um, highest paid teams in the world uh, and that's great it's amazing but that doesn't mean that it's okay it doesn't mean that it is enough it doesn't mean that we deserve to be play- paid less than our men's national team um, you know I think that based on the numbers that watch our game in the final this last summer is evidence enough the fact that the men qualify and, and we can get into this long story debate on 
how much money goes into the men's, you know, how much money FIFA makes from the men's World Cup and how much they mm-hmm. make from the women's World Cup. And I get it. I'm not sitting here saying that we should be getting dollar for dollar the same amount. That is not my mm-hmm. argument. My argument is there should be more money being given to the women, period. And mm-hmm. and if Germany wasn't wasn't evidence enough from from fans showing up in the stadium from viewership and if Canada wasn't enough for FIFA to you know I mean and even you know Wembley like we for the Olympics we almost sold out Wembley right right like that's huge like it's a huge deal like there's so many fans that fit in the one stadium and there is a product here because the process and the progress has taken so slow and so long that we've kind of just like slowly just allowed this inequality to happen because we're like, Oh, you know, like our predecessors didn't even have like half of this, like, you know, but that doesn't, that still doesn't make it okay. Mm -hmm. You know? And, and, and I don't know, I just, I want to be a voice and I want to be a, a, an agent for change and in a positive way, you know, not I'm, and I'm not bashing any one particular person or organization or or federation or whatever. I'm just saying I think that there needs to be more change and it needs to be done at a fast. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, in March when we spoke, you had mentioned the desire to have kids. Is that still there? Oh, yeah. I definitely want to have kids. And I know that this sounds crazy <laughs> because... I'm going to change the world and have babies and, you know, be able to do all of that. Um, but, you know, I'm not one of those people that uh, fear much. So bring it on. You know, I think I think that I've been able to, to play soccer fiercely and um, courageously for for a pretty long while. So I, I feel confident in my my ability to to do all of these things and. Um, and be passionate and hungry and, and, and in fact, change the world while also having a family. Nice. Well, I, I could talk with you here for hours, Abby, but just wanted to say congratulations on an amazing career. Good luck in the future. Thank you, as always, for speaking to Sports Illustrated. No problem. Thanks a lot, Grant. How'd your fantasy football team do this year? Are you still in the playoffs? The great part about playing fantasy sports now is that you don't just play in one league, you play in a bunch. And on FanDuel.com, when you use our code PLANET, you can play a risk-free tournament in fantasy football, basketball, and hockey for up to $10. If you win, you keep the money. If you lose, FanDuel will refund your account, guaranteed. If you had Russell Wilson this week, you're sitting pretty right now. Fantasy owners who are smart enough to pick up Ted Ginn are wondering why the rest of us didn't see it. Think you know fantasy football? Come prove it at FanDuel. Building a team is easy and fun. Just pick your players and stay under the salary cap. Entry fees start at just $1, so there's a league for everyone. And there's also games for the NBA and NHL, so you can play fantasy sports for real cash any night of the week. FanDuel is not just for the large tournaments. You can set up a private league and play against your friends anytime, anywhere. So to get started, go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner using our code PLANET and sign up now. And here's that great offer for our listeners. If you enter a league and you don't win, FanDuel will refund your money. That's any tournament you want, 
up to 10 bucks. You can sign up on FanDuel.com using our code PLANET, then make a deposit and choose your league. If you don't win, you'll get that money right back in your FanDuel account for more play. The only way to get this no-lose offer is to go to FanDuel.com, click the microphone, and use our code PLANET. FanDuel.com, where you can finally pay to be a fan. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Try it out today. Now, if you want to win your fantasy league, the SI Fantasy Football Podcast has the tips and rankings to keep you ahead of the competition. Hear the SI Fantasy Football Podcast with Michael Beller, released twice a week on iTunes, Stitcher, and SI.com slash podcasts. All right, welcome back. Thank you again, Abby Wambach, uh, for joining us, and congratulations on a tremendous playing career. Uh, I want to cap this podcast by by capping 2015 for U.S. soccer. This is going to be the last podcast of the year that that all three of us are on. I know you guys are going to be taking some time time away. Um, holidays coming up and, and whatnot. Uh, U.S. soccer has put out its nominees for player of the year. It's annual tradition crowning the the best player of the year it feels weird with the men this year because it was such just a a bizarre year uh but your finalists are clint dempsey michael bradley fabian johnson brad guzan and deandre yedlin on the women's side you have the i mean it's going to be carly lloyd we don't really need to get into the other nominees but we will uh lauren holiday megan rapino hope solo and becky sauerbrunn um on the men's side grant uh is it Dempsey by default because he scored so many goals? I'm sort of ambivalent about this whole men's vote. Uh, I am about awards voting in general. I I don't tend to vote because I don't like to be responsible for people I cover getting financial bonuses. But uh, just a, a bad year for the U.S. men's national team. There's no other way to say it. Uh, really poor in the Gold Cup. Uh, lost the biggest game of the year to Mexico. Um you know, had a nice couple of nice friendly wins uh, at uh, the Netherlands, uh, at Germany, but those were friendlies, and uh, the games that mattered, not good. So, uh, I guess I would give it if I had to make a choice to Clint Dempsey. If you look at his stats during the Gold Cup, uh, actually quite good, uh, at least production-wise, uh, and. You know, that's a lukewarm endorsement basically for anyone. I'd also endorse the idea of not giving an award this year. <laughs> it's uh, just just a really weird year. And also you look at, at two of the guys who might be the best candidates to win it, Dempsey and Fabian Johnson, both cut or sent away from the team at, at different parts of the year. Uh, just just one of those, one of those things. Um, I personally find it interesting that, that Jordan Morris isn't among the male player of the year or the young male player of the year nominees. He just led Stanford to an NCAA title. His story, obviously well-documented scored against Mexico with the senior team, uh, helped the U 23s, um, has a large homegrown offer from the Seattle Sounders that maybe he takes, maybe he doesn't. Um, but he, the, the young player nominees, Matt Miazga, Emerson Hyman, Gideon Zalalem, Cameron Carter Vickers, and Christian Pulisic, uh, again, all worthy guys, but I, What's Jordan got to do to get on get on one of these right. lists, Brian? What uh, what, what do you think about this this whole thing? Um, I, I'm I'm with Grant. I, I'm I'm getting more ambivalent about awards voting. Uh, as 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 I go, um, I always vote for the Hall of Fame, National Soccer Hall of Fame. I I think you know there are 
that's different. The guys are retired and I think it's, it's, it's important for American soccer history and, and, you know, building roots and, 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 and honoring them, that sort of thing. So I take that seriously and I do that every year. And I have, uh, up until this year, uh, voted every year for the U S soccer player of the year. Um, and I'm, I don't know what to do. And, and it's funny. I mean, that was my first point was that the two guys who I think are the leading candidates, Dempsey and, and Johnson were, were both basically omitted or sent home. I mean, the, like kind of the worst thing that could happen to a national <laughs> team player happened to the two guys who were the leading candidates for the award. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it says everything about the year that was. I mean, Dempsey did score seven goals at the Gold Cup. Three of them were against Cuba. Um, you know, he didn't find the net against Jamaica. He had that meltdown at the Open Cup. Um, he only scored three regular season goals for the Sounders after May, um, but then got a couple in the playoffs and so looked looked to be kind of backgrounding in a form just as Jurgen was leaving him off the, the qualifying roster. And then you had Fabian Johnson, obviously, who had a really rough game against Mexico. I mean, I can still see Chicharito just kind of, you know, you know, twisting Johnson up on 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 his goal. Um, and then obviously the incident with Jurgen. I think Jurgen scapegoated Johnson, but Johnson wasn't good that night, make no mistake. Um, but he was he was one of the better players at the Gold Cup when a lot of other guys were subpar. Um, and obviously what he's done with Munchen Gladbach is phenomenal. And I mean, he scored two goals in the Champions League group stage. And so at some point between now and the deadline, I'll, I don't know, I'll flip a coin or, or you know, consult a magic eight ball or something and vote, vote between those two. Um, but yeah, for club and country, I agree. Jordan Morris uh, deserves to be on one of these ballots. And, and just for the guy who brought the most, I mean, in the end, we're in this because we love the sport and we're in this because we want to have fun with it. And for me, the guy who, who was the most fun this year uh, was Bobby Wood. And so Bobby Wood should get like a steak dinner or something uh, <laughs> just for being awesome and, and coming out of nowhere and scoring that goal against Germany and uh, scoring against Mexico. Not saying he's the player of the year, not anywhere close, but but he brought some happiness this year. So props to Bobby Wood. You know what, if we're looking ahead to 2016, he's, he's high up on the list of guys to watch. I mean, he's certainly... Syrian so likes to say made his case uh, for for many more minutes, and you know you know look for guys in the attack to to kind of take initiative and do things on their own, and, and he's one of the only ones. I will that say did. this about about Klinsman: no matter how you feel about his performance this year, he has a pretty good track record with the U.S. and with Germany of giving opportunities to young players. We saw that at the World Cup with the U.S. in 2014. We saw it with Germany in the World Cup in 06. We're seeing it with Jordan Morris and Bobby Wood. Uh, two guys who not many coaches in this country, not many fans would have started in games that mattered. And these guys are pretty good prospects now. Yeah, 100%. Um, guys to to keep an eye on in 2016. It'll be a big 2016 for for U.S. soccer. We we say that with the assumption that Copa America is definitely 100% going to happen. <laughs> Uh, Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'm sure there will be another raid on the Borlaac in February when everyone's there for the FIFA election, and then we'll we'll take it from there. Um, but yeah, all things told, just just let's let's turn the page. <laughs> on the women's side, I do have a couple of thoughts. Yeah, uh, and there is a discussion. There is actually a debate over this: who should get the award for the U.S. women this year among some uh, who cover women's soccer, who follow it regularly. Uh, arguing that Becky Sauerbrunn had a much better club season than Carly Lloyd mm -hmm. uh, and therefore should win the award because it goes toward both performance for club and country. I get that. And I think if the 
women's league were on a bigger level in comparison in relative terms to the World Cup, I could certainly understand that argument. But the World Cup is so much bigger than the NWSL right now that I still think you got to give it to Carly Lloyd. Yeah, I mean, just just the weight that that each carries is is so different. And it's not like Carly Lloyd played bad in NWSL. She came back after the World Cup and was and was on fire. But yeah, Becky Sabrun, um I mean, she she was tremendous. Got overlooked by FIFA on just about every World Cup team of of the tournament or, or you know things like that. Even the the World Player of the Year um, semifinalist list, she she didn't even make. Um, so definitely rightful to, to give a nod to her as well. Um, I think that'll, that'll do it for the three of us in, in 2015. We, uh, we will definitely have more podcasts between now and the end of the year. Uh, definitely hope that you all enjoy the, the holiday season. Grant, Brian, we will talk to you guys soon. Thanks for coming on and thanks one more time to Abby Wambach, uh, for taking the time. Congratulations on a tremendous career as the victory tour and her career comes to an end. Uh, and with that, That'll do it for us. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next time with the Planet Football Podcast. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network? Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.